Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs. We're going to say hello to P.O. Barry now, who kindly joins us on the podcast. So it's uh, hello to you, P.O. Hello, Barry. How are you keeping? We're all good. That's the job. So look, you're a man that's been involved in greyhound racing for a long, long time. Yes, you could say, like most people, I suppose, back in home when my dad had dogs at an early stage. I literally had my own dog when I was 15. And my first dog, my first runner actually in Shelburne, was a winner in 2834, I think he done. I was a, a good dog. And um, since then, I've been having having a few. And uh, in the last eight or nine years, I went into breeding more and I seemed to have more. That was it. And yeah, very good. So take us back maybe to your maybe earlier days, grow, earlier days growing up. And uh, tell us a bit about your dad and his involvement within the sport. Yeah, he always kept dogs... Um, you know, he always had a few at home on the side. He was like, he was farm manager in Ballydale and we were always literally giving him a hand galloping dogs. We used the gallops of Ballydale where we got the privilege of using them. Through. He was uh, working there and, um, you know, he was in course and dogs and track. Not in a big way, but, you know, it was mostly it win and sell on. And you know, even Seth and Kevin, like, we kind of, we liked it and we kept, uh, we were galloping there since the two was were, since I was 15 or 12 or 14 or 15 were galloping dogs and the Ballyvale gallops and we went through a good few of them um, and from there like we like literally we're just looking back on it like there's a derby winner an Oaks winner went up there apart from the horses uh, we had like Ballyvale Honey would have been galloped up there she won the Oaks we galloped the last week before Ironman won the derby for Eddie Wade Kevin was giving them a hand out and the two galloped him up there he won a derby and obviously he put up his own dogs there rumour has it won the Course and Derby and Watchman, two Irish Cups. So apart from the horses, there was classic winners going up there through the Greyhounds as well. Wow, outstanding! And tell us a bit about um, Bally Doyle. It must be uh, it must be just an amazing place and facilities. Oh yeah, well, like back in Vincent set it up as you know from early stage, and um, everything is is done exactly to what they want. They have all sorts of gallops there at different distance, and the incline on the gallops. Um, is slightly increased to different type of horses when they work them. Um, there's watering system there, peak gallops with water on it, all weather, equine tracks. It's a state of the art place as you, it's like they have um, the best of everything and um, there's nothing spared. The maintenance of it would be second to none. And they have good staff and they have to know how to do it right. Like So it's it's good, you know. It's uh, it was, That was where we kicked off. We were living, my own dad lived on about just on the side of uh, the Valley Dial itself, it was actually a side he got off of Vincent, and um, from there we were just doing it was horses and dogs for us, like the whole way. It was like that's all we knew, and that's all we done. Yeah, and tell us a bit, a bit about your involvement um, with horses there and riding out and stuff. Yeah, well, I would have been riding say, ponies younger, and my first job would have been with David O'Brien. Um, that would have been the very first job, and literally what we were doing, I'd be doing is riding out. Uh, you would be riding out three lots and basically looking after the horses in the afternoon grooming and that and um, yeah they were good um, it was like he had a lot of staff up there and a lot of good horses he won the derby Secreto was one of them that won he had a cert one of just before I got there cert had won the Irish and French derby he was an absolute genius of a trainer and a pure gent to work for um, he was very much hands on himself in the air he was like 
he would be feeding around. But it was my first job, and it was probably it was the best one I've had because it was most enjoyable and good fun. But you need um, you need to be um, when you start off in the new year and you're young, the crack up there is to be pretty good. Like you know, you need to be able to uh, you need to be able to ride the horse well because um, you'd be tested. Yes, and, and tell us maybe about some of the good horses that you did um, that you were lucky enough to sit on. Yeah, well, I would have been. I would have got like just those girls cantering out, like you would get on some good ones, all right. But when they get to the work, obviously the Christy Roach, the jockeys or whatever would take over. But we did have some good ones. I the, probably the better ones um, were left to the work riders as such. But I would have rode out the Derby winners at some stage, and we had a. There was another filly there that won the Guineas trip teach, was her name. I would have rode her out as well, and. He finished up actually then after five or six years, David, and I moved up to Ballydale. Uh was a different setup because uh, it was a bit more um we had a bit more freedom above and David O'Brien. When you went to Ballydale it was like we were the underdogs as such because um there was competition really between everyone uh, Vincent's team against David's team, like even though there was great rivalry there once uh Secreto beat I think it was El Grand Senor, he was the hot favourite at the time. And David O'Brien's horse turned him over, so Credo beat him. He just didn't stay at Grand Senor. But there was always a bit of rivalry between the staff, like, you know, it was like he was good in a good way, like. But when I got to Ballydale, we riding out, I had just okay horses, like, they're not there, you know. But there was one morning there, I actually got on a real good one. He, well, he was real fast. He was, he was the fastest horse they had when they were working. He was called Saratoga, I think. And he had done serious serious work but never materialised at the track and couldn't believe it. it was on them one Saturday morning they were working the two the two rows on the there were the two tracks they were working the two rows on the inside and I was actually gone back announced to the workers with this horse Saratoga and he was pretty fast now and as I was coming up well I was going to extra two for them spot, but as I was coming on the other track the Tyrells had jumped in and they were starting to do their work. The work riders were going on, but I arrived in another gallop about six or seven lengths behind them, two gallops side by side. Um, got a little bit carried away. I said I'd leave this lad slip along. They were turning around the bend, going up the up the straight. So this lad Julie went by the Tyrells, same as they were standing, one handy on the outside. Uh, kind of a serious body can. Well, a good trail, and um, <laughs> the horse was seriously fast. Like he was worth a couple of million, worth millions, and he was the fastest on the gallop over four furlongs, without a doubt. Like, well, um, so, so, um, sounds like some trail, right? Yeah, it was good fun there. But that, like, that's, that's about you know what I mean. You would have other horses you'd ride out, but uh, they basically had their own riders for riding the good ones as such. And you know they wouldn't. You'd be just right exercising right now to such like. So they were great days and great memories um, from Ballydale PO. Yes, they were. Um, I, as, as, um, I moved to Ballydale uh, from David O'Brien's up to Ballydale when David finished training. They were, um, I got a actually glorious opportunity to um, ride out behind uh, the legendary Lester Piggott on the gallop. He actually was invited over by Vincent O'Brien's wife for a video and, and photographs and um, they were queuing up to get in behind them, but I knew if I was in near to him that I'd get into the, the picture, and that's what happened. I didn't have he didn't have many words with me, but I was privileged to ride up behind him and down the two gallops with him. And um, 
Yeah, it was exciting times and they were good. Like. Yeah, and just in terms of Lester Pickett, that must have been a fabulous day because he was just massive back in the day, wasn't he? Oh yeah, sure. He was um he was a genius. Like he was from I mean, O'Brien they won derbies with him. He was he was he was world class jockey of his time, sure. He was the best forever, you could say. But yeah, he he actually came back and he rode um in the I he rode at Royal Academy to win a big American Cup race, and that's the, I think it was before or after that that they invited him back anyway. I remember him when they they wanted him on the gallops a big thing to get him back, and he was up on the horse. He was told to go down the front gallop. I was coming out the bear and I got him behind him. He was told to trot down. He cantered down, so I didn't stop him. I kept with him, and he actually cantered up fairly fast up the other gallop. So I kept with him again there for the camera, so it was privileged as well. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of limelight. Bit of limelight, exactly. <laughs> and um, I suppose back into your family, back into your dad, where I suppose the, the passion and love from Greyhounds came, and your brother as well, Kevin, um, who has enjoyed a lot of success. I think it's fair to say. Um, so, if you want to take it from there, yeah. Well, like as I in the early days, my dad have you know just only a handy foot few dogs, and uh, we were always like. With the job we were in in the racing stable, you'd have from one to two off, or for one to three off for lunch, and we were just galloping dogs and feeding dogs in between then and back to work again. That's the way we, we kept going the whole time. And in the, the latter years, my dad teamed up with his good friend, Morris Jackson, which he bought pedigree dogs, and they had good success. And um, the pedigree ones seemed to be uh, faster, and they got more money for them. And they celebrated in good style. They drank good whiskey and good brandy, so... They were happy days, and uh, from there, Kevin would have always, he was more interested in the course, and he triggered with a few early on, you know, his own, and was very successful. He had a good brewbish called More Music, she bred plenty. He would have teamed up with Patsy Butler, they were very successful in their breed between them. They won cups and trial stakes, and, and Lucky was one going to Glamel, she got injured. And from there, he built up a uh, reputation, he got in more better type dogs and good owners started to uh, give him the dogs so he was lucky enough to get the quality of dog of the breed that Basil Hoolan had and Basil backed him up to give him them dogs and he struck uh, he struck oil he won the derby which uh, rumour has it which was the most proudest moment of my life so far as a guy him training it and um, it was the privilege to see it and everything around it happening it was so great and even the owner to get such a kick for a man that would have um, so much, this means a lot. Like, on from the, uh, actually prior to that, Miss Bowden, it was Watchman appeared as well within the, the same time, and he was without doubt the fastest ever we've seen, or maybe a lot of people out there have seen. He was the, he was a wonder dog. He won two Irish Cups, and going forward before a niggle for the third one, he would have definitely went off favourite and would have been going for a history record, which he was capable of doing. He was a phenomenal dog. Yeah, and just in terms of, I suppose, coursing in, in general, P.O., I was always, I suppose, fascinated um, when I'd head off to Clonmel, you know, the amount of love and, and passion for the sport. It's just a, it's a huge sport, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Like, people's livelihood, lives are just, um, that's what they live for. I mean, from the day, pups and bitches and sires, whatever, they're connect with, connected through owners or trainers. They're, um, it's absolutely fabulous. I'm going in there as long as, 30 year for sure and just the atmosphere in there 
I like the betting end of it and the sharp dogs and watching them and studying them and it's just fantastic. It's there is no holiday I've taken that match it so and the people you meet, you know, they're always positive. They're you know, they're in a good way. They have um I think it gives them a good lifestyle, they have a good um a good balanced life from everything. They have their matches, they have the coursing in the winter time. They take up people just love their sport and uh they put a lot of effort into it and a lot of time and a lot of the money that some people would actually be spending more money than they should, but they just love it, and that's it, and it's fantastic. But for a dog like him to appear, he was phenomenal. Like he was, um, he was just a one-off. Like he, what he was doing, even when we were watching him at home, you would say you'd be afraid to say to people he's that good. Like, but he was. He proved it. Like he beat cup dogs for that were winning cups four lengths, outstanding. Just, just absolutely devouring him for pace. Like. Yeah, sounds like a, a dog of a lifetime, and uh, yeah, he was actually like Kevin hadn't got him that long. Like Kevin had an excellent eye for for coursing dog, and he does make a lot of race decisions for them, and that made that is a big plus in that game as well. But at an early stage, he rated him very highly before I ever actually. Um, I just he looked in model of a dog to look at, but he had one in Eden Derry, and he said um, after coming out, this is something else. So. It was happy days and um, memories are there and they never go. So yeah, that's exactly it. They they certainly don't um, ever go and they're uh, great to have those great memories. And uh, uh, P.O., speak to me about uh, Ballydoyle Mikey who turned out to be um, the brilliant Burgess Bucks. Yeah, Ballydoyle Mikey was, oh, he was a star dog. Um, he was, I had high hopes for him. He was he was definitely up there with one of the best I've had, like he had early. He had, um, I sold him obviously young. He went to, he was into Pat Buckley. He was bought by JJ Finley, but he had serious talent. He was out of uh, David McGrath's top bitch Batman and Garrow, and he was by Tullamore Act. He had a lot. He actually was unlucky to in the final of the unraced in Tralee. Something happened at the last bend or something. He had it won, but he was um, he was unlucky in the Finley. He he done damage to his hop, but like he had one in Shelburne. Pat, Pat Buckley had him back and he won the Shelburne 29 40 something and uh, he was definitely there would be class could go down and stay but unfortunately he didn't but he was um, he was the one dog I said like could do a lot of things and uh, he's now actually in stud so hopefully he can produce his progeny onto the rest of it and he has uh, hopes in the ground but I was so looking forward to him he had done a clock prior to the English Derby as well in a trial over he'd done ferocious run for him and yeah just one of these unlucky dogs which you need as everyone would say you need a you need a good dog you need a, you need to be lucky as well like so and um, he was one yeah that sticks out so um, see here he goes he might do well at start hopefully for, for the lads yeah, hopefully we'll follow his progress um, closely going forward in the um, stud department. Yeah, very good. And and back into the dogs now, uh, P.O., as you said, look, when your 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 first dog, you said, um, posted a, a fast time um, in Shelburne Park, that must have been a great occasion and, and really a, a special night, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, you'd never forget. i never forget. I actually remember what he was by. He was by Brilliant Chimes. Uh, he was a blue Brindle dog. Um, I bought him, actually... Of my brother-in-law, Bernard Gould, he had some good breeds at the time and he was good to do them. He was actually 10 or 11 months when I bought him. But with the uh, help of my own dad, like we, we, um, he liked them and we, we bought him. As such, I bought him. And um, yeah, it was my first runner in Shelburne. He won handy and he was very excited. i never forget it. Like I still, I had the, the old cassette. He used to be playing it, looking at it. And um, 
he won a long way. There was a big. I remember there was a litany of bookmakers bookmakers up there. Like obviously I had a bet, but I didn't have. You know what I mean? I was only getting what I was a few pounds put together, but he was good. Um, from then on, of course, I've had other ones not so good, and um, it was mostly um, back in. It was the pedigree ones that kept coming up mostly. Like the, the other kind of ones didn't seem to work out for me, so they went on to the pedigree ones and. Uh, that was it, basically. I hit on the likes of Ballydale Honey, if she was an Oaks winner. I had, um, I had bred Ballydale Valor. He was a derby runner-up in the English Derby. Um, you know, he'd hit on, in the latter years, he'd be kind of selling them on. Yeah, and just, I suppose, speak to us a small bit about Ballydale Honey, because she was a remarkable greyhound, and I suppose a greyhound that had um, such a huge following as well at the time. Yeah, like the public, as as um, I think was Ian Fortune remarked it proper, like you said, when you own one of that quality, like I had sold her at 14 months at a young age when she was starting off, she showed big potential, but you don't know at that stage even until they go forward racing, but she turned out to be an absolute champion. She was the only greyhound in history to break, to break 28 seconds in Shelburne. On four occasions, she broke it three times in a race, I think once and was on trial actually, but that hasn't been matched and it has to be um, she was like the public actually as Ian quoted they take over when you have a star they're stared out they follow him like and the owners just sit back but she um, she was you know you could probably call her the best ever like there was to race around at, uh, on, on her credentials what she'd done like and she was brilliantly handled by Graham Holland she'd won she won she won plenty and uh, she was a standout bitch like with Phenomenal finishing pace, like yeah, she sure was. Um, you know, and her her style of running was absolutely um fantastic. And tell us about some of the other greyhounds that you'd be looking back at that uh, fond memories, Pio. Yeah, well, sure, most of them. Like um, as you know, there was another. I had actually Firamoski was my um, she was my my queen as a such. Like she looked a standout bitch early days. She went over. I sold her. She went on to um, she won the. Um, the Regency and uh, the Oxford Oaks in England, but she went to Charlie Lester. She was an absolute gem of a bitch. Like she could do ferocious times in sprints before she went, even even though she won over the long distance. But she bred, you know, for me, she bred plenty good qualities. Qualities she bred a Derby runner up, and she she was um, she trod good quality. She was a standout. Her, I had her brother Fear. He was actually um, Ali Dyche. Actually, Fear Big Star. He was name was changed. Uh, he was in the final of Project Stakes, coming for Stakes and Champion Stakes. He was a good dog. And uh, prior to that, I had actually early on, it was back in, it was a dog called I King. I had myself and my brother Dermot had actually between us. We sold him to the late Eddie Wade, and he um, he was ferocious fast in the finish. He picked up injury, and never recovered, but he won the Dock O'Connor on race in Harris Cross, and had high hopes for a classic shot with him, but. Injury put him out after a while, and that finished him from from uh, going forward. But yeah, some good ones like, and uh, as you say, just hard to topple Ballydale Honey when you have one of that caliber. It's hard to get another one. That's for sure. And tell us about maybe some of the the great nights, any special nights even um, that you'll be looking back and down through the years. You know, the likes of Shelburne and Clanmail, and some great betting as well. Some great bookmakers and punters in years gone by. Yeah, I, I would like back the early days in the projects. Like, was there was some fantastic betting. Uh, I remember back, like you had, um, you would have had about twelve bookmakers in Clamell. Um, 
it was a great buzz. There was a man there sped from you all down your side of Nicola Woods and Noel Power. And they often done we used to do a bit of farm together and he was doing betting. It was fairly lively, like there was a lot of bookmakers there. There was definitely you had a line of them and activity was pretty brisk and there was a good buzz at the track, like, you know, there was um there was a lot of betting going on then and a lot of a lot of people at the track. Um but that's that seemed to have changed a good bit in the latter years like but yeah, you had like Tommy Wade was a big punter in there at the time and you know, when he, if he liked to back a dog, he would have a plenty action around the ring like and there was um there was a lot of uh, a lot of activity and it was good fun like and was um, you'd enjoy it like. Um so that was it at that side. Yeah, and in terms of greyhounds um, themselves, Pio, what what do you enjoy so much about it, or about them? I should say. Yeah, for me, like it's a, I like the the rare of them. Um, you know, just like bringing them up the country, giving them the countryside, and walking off with them, and plenty of handling with them. Uh, just seeing them, like and like they're all different as such. But you know, they as they grow, you kind of you you know, you kind of more or less back to the stages. You're watching them the whole time. Um, it's just it's hands on the whole time with them but there is big reward there when you can see them that they turn out good in the finish like but a good foundation in like it's like basically that's basically it like if they're um, they go to good rearing and good feeding and good good handling and just good um, good keep an eye on them when you need, they need help and out and that was it like yeah and in terms of your kind of own setup at the moment we're going to I suppose um, talk about a greyhound that you have in your care at the moment, um, Ballydale Ross, as she posted um, such a phenomenal time um, in, in Curraheen Park uh, over the 550-hour trip, 29.44. That was a stunning run and um, ran very well in the 600, but unfortunately was out of luck um, last Saturday night. But um, I'm sure you're glad to report that um, all is OK with her. Yeah, I was happy to pick her up. Uh, she was fine. She was like, uh, she got around the track and she wasn't, um, she didn't pick up any serious in- injury, which was great. Uh, it's one of these things like that's what happens you know you can there's a lot of bumps and things go on and just I was quite happy that she picked up no she looks she has um, she has a lot of pace and I liked her with her pedigree I acquired her off of Kieran Daly and she um, she was she was impressive uh, she was impressive in Cork now she was in at the very deep end up but I my my judgement went again I just put her in with the chance to get a clear run because she's never had a run around that went well for me the first night but the second night it didn't happen, but no, I'm quite happy. Like my breeding lines are mostly the same, and she's off a different line, which I like, and she has a great temperament. Uh, well pleased with her, and hopefully she'll be back. She uh, she was in the jacuzzi on a Monday. She looked grand. She came out. She'll be double checked again. She's getting double checked out again tomorrow, and hopefully she get back back to running again, and uh, we'll see where she goes from there. Yeah, as you said, look, she's got um, an unbelievable pedigree. Hard, I suppose, to get your hands on something like that. So yeah. I would imagine it's exciting times ahead going forward. Hopefully, like, yeah, it is. Um, it's just, she's just the model of a bitch that looked like she has the temperament and the pace and, and the pedigree. So then my older bitch, uh, Fear Musky, has been, um, had her last litter. So she had her last litter to Linton, Boko there. So this bitch, hopefully, I'll go breeding this one. and see what happens and we'll race her and see how she gets on fair, fair. from there so she, you know she's uh, she's, she's, she's lovely I'm happy with her now 
Very good. Wishing uh, um, all the best with her. Um, before we finish up, uh, P.O., just tell us maybe a little bit about your setup at the moment and would you have many greyhounds in your care? No, I don't like uh, to have too many. Like, literally, I just two brew bitches would be um, when you creep past two or three, that would be the most I'd have. Um, I like to keep the numbers down and just keep on top of things and do what I do as well as I can. And basically keep it small and keep it simple and you know give them the best care I can uh, going forward and the numbers it just it's not for me like I don't like the big numbers uh, I'm only a very small setup. I would have um, pups there that I just sell on even I wouldn't be able to keep them on as such um, I just sell on pups if they're you know I have a nice bitch that's finished racing this Ballydale buzz she she um, she was a winner she's out of Ballydale honey she she was a winner in Dublin in 2834 but never got to where she we knew she could go but she picked a few niggles and I have a litter out of her body uh, magical bale her five months absolutely stunning and another bitch then Ballydale Grace a sister of Ballydale Valor which I made it to magical bale as well a couple of weeks ago and um it's all the systems going. Hope they they can do well, you know. But I'd be very confident with the magical veils. They're um, they're they're look they look to have a lot going from looking at these pups and looking at other ones and what I've seen running and the dog himself. So I have high hope for 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 her the way she's bred as well. So yeah, and um, that's it. No, I was. So it sounds like you're a big fan of magical veil. Major fan of magical veil. Um, uh, in fact, he's he's actually had a good limerick as such, looking at uh, the quality of dogs Graham Holland had out by him as well. But yeah, very happy. These, these pups are stunning. Uh, looking, but you're, at the end of the day, you need to be able to put a clock on the wall. But hopefully, the right the right things are there. The bitch was good. And the dog is nice looking. Him stunning looking himself. So we have just a couple of ticks you need for starters anyway. So hopefully that adds up. Yeah, mighty stuff all together, and uh, I suppose look, we, we'll finish up now, Pia. But just in terms of the um, standard of racing in Ireland at the moment, so many um, talented greyhounds, so many flying machines, I suppose, uh, appearing um, every month, and uh, you must be impressed with what you're seeing, I suppose, and uh, you'll you'll be looking uh, to hopefully produce one of the next stars. Yeah, I think that's what everyone would be trying to do, and it's um, you know it's it's very competitive out there. Like you think you have a good one, there's always there's, you know there's always good ones popping. You need or you know to have the real deal, they need consistency, and they need to be um, they need to back up with the pedigree and keep keep doing what they're doing right. But yeah, it is um, that would be the the long plan um, to get the right line, get get uh, get the top quality dog, and. Uh, see them do well like you know that's uh, that is but it's all it's a long road and it's a hard road so um, it's, you know you, you a lot of people will be dreaming but you'll be, you'll be hoping like yeah well look you certainly have um, top quality bitches uh, within your care and uh, it was great to speak to you on this week's podcast P.O. and we're wishing you um, continued success in the world of greyhound racing uh, going forward no problem Barry and thanks for having me it was nice to chat to you Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs.